Welcome to another Geeking on Sports cast. As always, Alex is with me. My name is Kieran. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get right to this. This was a crazy week. It's Habs versus Jets. Obviously, the Habs beat the Jets in four games. A lot of you know things going on there. We'll get to that. But right before we do, I would like to mention the Euros did start today. It was a swift 3-0 victory for Italy over Turkey. Uh, quick little thoughts on the game. I know you were watching the Federer, or sorry, the, the Nadal versus Djokovic match, but I'm sure you, you caught a glimpse of uh, the Euros a bit. Uh, I just saw there was a nice goal by, I think it was a Mobley, but uh, I will give a shout out to the Djokovic-Nadal match is probably one of the best tennis matches, at least in the past decade. Absolutely scintillating uh, tennis from both guys. And uh, yeah, sucks that I'm not a big Nadal guy, but I I felt bad for him to lose. And um, with regards to Euros, good for Italy, kind of redemption for 2018. And Hopefully this is a start of a fun tournament and we haven't had a big major tournament in a while. Whoa. With that. Uh, sorry. My alarms. Uh, no worries. Happen. No worries. Don't need it's to fine. say that. But uh, yeah. No, funny though, with the Euros because the FIFA World Cup is just around the corner. It's next year. It's not two years away. It's next <laughs> summer. Exactly. Well, I guess next winter. Now, yeah. Winter now, winter. I mean, Qatar. Being in Qatar in the winter time, you can't play in the summer. You can't play in sixty degree heat. Already, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the Euros. My team, I'm cheering for Germany. Germany all the way. It'll be hard to see how they do uh, against uh, France, Portugal, and Hungary. We'll put up a fight, um, but it'll be interesting on their part. And I'm sure you're going to be cheering for England and Hungary as your dark horse. Yeah, I'm I'm French as well, so I, I like them. If uh if the English are out, but uh, yeah, go England and Hungary is going to win that group, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens already. Habs versus Jets. Um, obviously, this was unexpected for the Habs to beat the Jets in four games. It's kind of reverse sweep in the sense that Jets did beat the Oilers in four games. So I don't know. I mean, Jets, I don't think they looked uh, ill-prepared for the matchup. Um just they, they got swept they were swept what 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 are your initial thoughts on that well there there was a stat that someone had shown me around showed me uh prior to the series where the team that had had i think over nine days off had always lost their next uh round and and that was the case of the jets with the long layoff although i don't think that's the reason why they lost the series necessarily <clears throat> with regards to the series i think the habs obviously We'll, we'll get into the Shifley thing, but that obviously benefited them. And they were just, their decor was smothering. Their top four guys, Petrie, Edmondson, Sherratt, Weber played outstanding. Playoff Price is another guy that just shows up and was... He was completely dialed in. He was impactful. There was nothing getting past him. Exactly. And their forward group just, you know, they don't, they really have, all their lines are basically the first three lines are basically all second lines and then their fourth line is a good fourth line but they have a lot of depth they're they're unrelenting in the sense of you can't just ease up there's no kind of easy shift against them they're especially their decor is just a huge uh, bruising decor smart players pretty good skaters so yeah and obviously we'll get into Dubois as well but I think it kind of showed the the limits of this Jets team, especially with Shifley out, just their decor was not good enough. And obviously losing to Mello 
who was in, who was in, uh, great played great in the the Oilers series was another big loss because a team that already did not have a lot of defensive depth or talent for, for really uh, lost one of their three best defensemen and you could see it basically from the start of the 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 series so I, obviously the these are kind of explanations the Habs played great hockey really coming in from the Toronto series and did they play great hockey though I think they I, did I think they I, played really I, I look well. at I look at the Canadian division and I compare it to what we're seeing in the states and the power plays in the Canadian division are horrific the penalty killing is subpar um I just I mean we'll, we'll get into like the next round later but are was it great hockey to be honest I didn't say great hockey. I said they played great for the Habs team with the assortment of players that they have. I thought they played at basically their peak performance throughout the series and and at the end of the the Leaf series. Now, are they as good as the Golden Knights or Abs, which we'll we'll touch upon a bit later? No, but for the assortment of players that they have, I thought they played really well and knew how they had to win the games. Is basically sit put back play super defensive and get a couple get a goal early uh, capitalize on your chances and you have price and a really solid decor behind you so i thought the habs executed their plan uh, executed really well considering who they have and uh, the players on the team so good on them and and they played really well for for who they are and uh, but yeah, again, I think it's probably the worst team out of the remaining four. Maybe you could say the Islanders as well. We, we can talk about it later, but that's and, a team that plays defensively. Exactly. So they, and they're built more for the playoffs, especially with their decor. So good on them. And for the jets, I, I'm, I mean, they weren't winning the cup. So it, it, you know, after the initial kind of Shifley loss and kind of realizing the series was over, I, I think it, it's it's expected uh, even winning one round was great so good on the jets for this year especially with the uh, um being beat up at, at- now speaking about certain you know drawbacks for the jets obviously the elephant in the room was the shifley suspension or not the shifley suspension but the shifley hit which resulted in the suspension i personally thought that he could have received more games if it was a regular season. I thought it was a very dirty hit. I did not like his play. And I thought I mean, he came out after the series, yes. after they lost and saying, like, I'm still not over it and stuff. And I just looked at that and it's like, really? I mean, grow up, to be honest. I mean, you made a really dumb mistake and you're taking it out on the league. I think that was not the right thing to make. Or right thing to say, um, he should own up to his actions because it was his own mistake. What what I'd say, I, I have a couple of opinions on it. For with regards to the way, obviously, uh, we talked about this in our in our hockey group chat with amongst our friends. When I saw it, I thought it was fine. I thought it was clean, truthfully. Um, but I think what I missed, and probably what Shifley missed, was that's a clean hit five years ago but it's not now um be just because and also to be fair to him or just it's an unusual you don't see a lot of hits like that just because of the nature of the play he's tracking back to an empty net the guy's coming around the net 
um, to, to put the puck in and gets cl- clobbered because of the momentum of Shifley skating from his own blue line. The and- thing I would say to that is he's skating 100 feet back. He's back checking 100 feet, but he's never going for the stick to try and remove or play it. He's never trying to make a defensive play. He never once looked at where the puck was. His eyes are looking at the player. He's going for the hit. But that's but yeah, but he's not doing that at the blue line. He's doing that once he gets into his own zone. So yeah, it's different. But it's also I I, I don't disagree. I think he realized probably kind of at the hash marks that he's not going to get stop the play, uh, stop Evans from scoring. So I'm so gonna why would he make that. the hit then? Well, because you still make a play. That's how hockey was and. Um, Really, but he it, had enough oh, time. If still he played to, a stick, you're he still allowed to you're still allowed to body check someone if they pass the puck. You have that kind of gray one second rule, right? Yeah. Um, which uh, Craig Button talked about changing the rule that you could only play body check someone if you're basically separating them from the puck, rather than just hitting them late after you. You know, you always see it when a defenseman or forward in the corner receives a pass. And then a guy's coming straight at him, but maybe two seconds away and, and can't get to the puck because they know the defenseman's going to make that outlet pass. And then the player goes and hits him maybe a second late, right? But that's accepted. That's not interference. You see that all the time, right? So that's, if I mean, I'm, I'm just projecting, uh, but I'd assume that's kind of what Shifley was doing is you get taught that when you play hockey is even if you're, a half second late still make the hit right um assuming you're clean right and in this case if i mean i guess he kind of charged but it was a definite charge direct contact was to the shoulder it wasn't to the head and but that's also because evans isn't looking at him like we can talk about it again and again but it's not him putting up an elbow or jumping straight into his head he did lean a bit high though yeah but that's also him making a check i agree it's what he shouldn't he should have eased up like what brennan gallagher said after the game was like i know shifley he should have known better that's in my opinion that's the problem is one it's it's not a common play but also he should have known this guy's vulnerable he's turning he can't see you because he's focusing on scoring the goal to basically seal the game yeah. And you're just lining him up, and that's why he got a concussion because he didn't see you coming, right? So, I, I would also say you, you mentioned how you, you want to never, uh, well, the play is always in like the puck is always in play, and you never want to give up on the play. Um, Shifley, you, you said that he kind of gave up on the play. He, if he got a stick in there, he could have maybe prevented that goal from going in. I don't he wasn't he, too far off from Evans. But I don't think instead, he, he kind of. Pardon? Continue, continue. No, I mean, his if he instead of trying to go for the hit, which I b- truly believe that was his entire purpose, he wanted to go for that hit. He could have brought wow. his stick in because he was, I think, a foot away from like if he had reached out with a stick, he was a foot away from maybe. Uh, preventing that goal from going in yeah i don't know i i think he probably wasn't gonna get to it even if he reached out but i maybe he could have 
that's probably what he should have done. Uh, well, it, it is what he should have done because then he wouldn't have been suspended, and the Jets well, might. Still and the be. thing is, if he if he lent in with the stick, even the contact afterward, I don't. It wouldn't have been a bad hit. Yeah, I still think. I mean, the only reason why it wouldn't be, in my opinion, is just because if you lean in, you're taking momentum from you skating rather than necessarily it'd still be a dangerous hit because he's not he's not looking at um, Evans isn't looking at Shifley at all, doesn't see him or is But he's playing the puck, whereas he did not do any of that in the hit against Evans. But isn't the whole point that you're not injuring people if they're defenseless rather than that's the way I see it is if they're defenseless, you should not be hitting them. Um, that's why they got rid of t- uh, the, sorry, of icing when you had to touch the puck. Now we have hybrid because guys would body check people when they had to touch the puck and they realized this is senseless and dangerous. Right. Um, that's why they got rid of those Matt cook kind of hits and Rafi Torres hits of you hitting someone, right beside the boards and it's a boarding now. Right. So it, it's stuff like that where um, in my opinion, I watched right after that, I watched a bunch of Chris Neal hits and all of them were completely legal. He never got suspended. I don't, he might've got fined. I'd never heard of him ever having any problems and all the hits look exactly like the Shifley one. He lines up the guy, he goes shoulder to shoulder and maybe kind of charges um, but it's not hit to the head, but the guy doesn't expect it. Right. And that's not part of the game. Now you have to be playing the puck. If the guy's defenseless, that's on you, not on the player. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I see it. And I think that's where the game's going to. And I hope they implement what Craig button was mentioning is you can only hit a guy if you're separating him from the puck so that you can get it rather than just hitting him for the sake of hitting him. Right. And that's still a subjective call. But I think if, if you implement that, I think the IHF or college hockey, one of them he mentioned uh, has that rule. And it, it, it I think that's the IHF. Yeah. They're very, um, they, they, they're more stringy. Yeah. Uh, that's not the right word. Stringent, but, but yeah. I stringent, get it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay, well, a lot, a lot more can be said, uh, but why don't we move off that topic and switch over to Pierre Luc Dubois? I, I mean, he was—he didn't play his best hockey. He has not played his best hockey for the Jets since the trade. I think Line A has done a bit better than Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, yeah, that's he, he got hot and cold, but I don't think Pierre Luc Dubois ever really took a proper stride with this team. I don't think we really ever saw what he was truly capable of doing and what he has done at Columbus. No, exactly. I mean, he, he had to quarantine for two weeks and he wasn't trying hard in Columbus before he got traded to, to move himself out of there and then got hurt immediately after quarantine uh, quarantining uh, with the jets. And he did say in his post season presser that he wasn't hurt, but that, uh, I hope he was, because if he wasn't, that'd even be more concerning to me. I don't know why he, I don't know. So his point, if it was an 82 game season, his uh, points this year would be about 40. He was on pace for that. The lowest ever he had before previously was 48 and I think a shorter season. So it's, it's not promising, but 
again, kind of like line in Columbus. I mean, it's a bit different because Torts didn't play him and would put him on the fourth line and all that. But I think have a new year, refresh, fans in the crowd, get acclimated to Winnipeg really. We'll see. I, I think you have to give it another year and see if he's at least kind of half the player he was in, in Columbus. But if he plays similar to the way he did this year, barring an injury, uh, another one, I mean, yeah. then uh, that's a really disappointing trade for the Jets. Although I don't know if I'd say Columbus is w- w- winning that trade right now. Maybe the Roslovic part they are, but uh, yeah, really disappointing. And I think if he plays really well, the team, I still don't think wins the cup, but probably beats uh, beats the Habs and will probably lose to Vegas, but would have been much better during during the regular season and would have done a bit better in the playoffs. Hmm. Definitely be interesting to see how he does do next year. Uh, speaking briefly, he, he was really, um, well, he was dominant against the Leafs, I believe, last postseason, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it, it, it is a stark difference of how, you know, how dominant he was, how dominant he can be, and then how poor he can also be. So it's really which Pierre-Luc Dubois have the Winnipeg Jets acquired? Is it yeah. the consistent Pierre-Luc Dubois that's a, a potential 1B you know, center or two A center, or is it a Pierre Dubois that becomes invisible? Puck goes off his stick, uh, inopportunistic opportunity or times. Uh, yeah, wait, wait until next season, uh, and then you can really judge whether or not he is worthwhile keeping. Because that was a big, that was a big trade. You did lose a formidable player, regardless of his, you know, attempts at playing hard hockey or play or giving us a hundred percent line. A was a player that could give you 35, 40 goals a year, no matter what. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Pierre Luc Dubois will do next off season, or well, this off season and for next season to come. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I just add is he doesn't need to be our number one center. He just needs to be our second line center. And that's still a tough ask, but the way he's played in his career up to this year show to be a, a second line center in this there's league. No reason to, there's no reason for him not to be able to fulfill that yeah. role because he's, he's done it in the past and he did it when he was younger. Exactly. Couldn't have said yeah. it better. Already. Well, this is a little tricky because, for one, the Habs are still playing. So what changes could they make? Also, what changes could the Jets make? I mean, Jets, I feel, will have to add another one or two pieces in a decor. But offensively, I think they're pretty good. Maybe add in a third liner, fourth liner that could be a bit more effective. But I don't think you really need to retool much on the top end. It's the bottom end that you really have to you know, think about. Yeah, they have a bunch of UFA stats, need Perot, some guys that will leave that are good veterans, uh, assuming in free agency. They still need to re-sign Cop and Pionk. But yeah, definitely the biggest thing for the Jets is adding to their decor. Uh, a, a potential, they could go after Dougie Hamilton. I don't know how much Dougie Hamilton would want to come to Winnipeg, truthfully, but that is someone, they have enough cap space, they could maybe go after him. It'd make enough sense uh, because he is a top 
defenseman. So I don't not... think Carolina would resign him. Well, he, it sounds as though Pierre LeBron, I think, was mentioning or tweeting about that. It sounds like Dougie will dip his toe into free agency, but who knows? Maybe Carolina. I don't. I haven't checked all the cap, and obviously, it's affected by Seattle and who Seattle picks from both teams and other teams for for free agency, but. It makes enough sense if Dougie Hamilton wanted to go there and, and the Jets have the cap space. But, uh, yeah, definitely it's adding a defense, a top defenseman. Uh, they have Hanela, who I think will be a top four guy in this league, maybe even a top two if he really kind of maxes out. But even next year, I don't think he's – he'll be ready to be in the NHL, but not to be a force in the NHL, I don't think. They have Sandberg, but they don't have a bunch of kind of ready to st- – step in defenseman so i think it's through free agency or trade andrew cop is an rfa i love him but how much are you going to pay him are you going to flip him maybe for a really good defenseman it's kind of stuff like that that i think would make sense for the jets they have perfetti that should be in the nhl next year so really where, where do you project them to be what line i, I think he honestly can s- slot into their their second line um he played really, really well for the Moose. Didn't play so well at the World Championships, but that's quite different hockey, big ice. Also, it, that team wasn't the most – anyway, they won, so you can't really complain. But I, he didn't kind of – He was on that squad? Yeah, he played for the World uh, Championship wow, team. Wow, so yeah. him, Owen Power, a couple other dudes. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, interesting. So th- they have a – Basically, for me, it's add to the decor, and they have a bunch of guy money coming off this year, but they have to re-sign Cop and, and Pionk and maybe re-sign Stats need to, to a lower deal um, for one or two-year two deal. But So it'll just be interesting to see what they do, but definitely they're not idiots. They're going to add defensemen either through trade or, or, or through, uh, through free agency. But uh, they, have, they have the – the, the cap space and a, enough assets as in basically Andrew Kopp to, to get a defenseman. Now for the Habs, I don't know what you think about them and what changes they might want for, for next year. It's really tough. I, I think the main point that you have to make, although they have made it this far to the playoffs, I feel as if if we go back to the Atlantic division, I see Toronto, I see Boston, I see Tampa, I see Florida. I see even potentially the Senators. Come on, yes, going Senator. above the Montreal Canadiens. So, if if things go back to the, what the real world was like prior to COVID, I mean, th- this Habs team is not making the playoffs. It, it's simply put, at least in my mind, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Not an eighty-two game season where they have to play Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Boston on numerous occasions at least four times a season yeah uh yeah no i i I get what you mean i think yeah it's a bit of a uh it's probably it's the best division next year it will be the best division in hockey assuming it goes back to it the only two teams that wouldn't be really ready to even be a playoff fringe team is probably detroit and and definitely buffalo so um, even with the Sens, they'll be better. They'll be a competitive team now. Probably not a playoff team, but they'll be in that kind of hunt. So, yeah, I think for them, the good thing about them is they have a lot of young guys that have really been excelling. But uh, it's I, not well, high-end talent. 
I think they're high end players, though. I think Suzuki, uh, Cockneyemi has been good. Do, do you Obviously, think they can be a one two punch? That's a different question, but are they young and getting seem to be getting better? Yeah, so they'll still have. I believe they'll probably have a very similar team, maybe not Dano, depending on free agency. And obviously with Seattle, I'd assume they'd take Allen, but maybe they take one of the defensemen. That'd be an interesting little wrinkle. And that really, in my opinion, really would affect this team. Mm-hmm. I, as you've seen in the playoffs, I think this team's a better playoff team, especially with their decor than a regular season team with the grit and just the, just how big they are, especially on the back end. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. What what do they do? Maybe look for a kind of a uh, – maybe get Taylor Hall on the cheap, add some more kind of dynamic offense. If, do, do they have much cap space, though? I, I, don't, I don't think, think they so. do. And, they have a couple guys coming off to know Armia. I know uh, – I feel as Ray, if they'll re-sign those players, though. Yeah, obviously, Olivier will really want Armia to be back. I think that makes sense. He's played really well um, in the playoffs. So I, it'll be interesting to see. I think – but I don't think your point's invalid. Carey Price hasn't been playing well in the regular season. Uh, assuming Allen leaves, they won't have a backup, really, that will be ready. And Allen did a great job this year as a backup. So could they could they miss the playoffs next year? I don't think that's a outlandish thing to say. Now, if they were in the Pacific Division, I think they'd make it, but they're not. So... They're in the toughest division in, in hockey uh, for next year, assuming. So I hope they make it out, and I hope they keep moving forward. But it'll, it will be interesting because, uh, yeah. The one thing I will add to that, yes, I agree that they're a better playoff team than they are a regular season team. But I would also argue they haven't had the toughest matchups in the playoffs. I think the Leafs greatly underperformed given – the players that they have and what they are projected to be able to do. I mean, Matthews one goal and Marner getting, I think like four points in the series. I mean, that just, just shows how greatly under they didn't play well, as well as to the point where Montreal did play well. Um, But against the jets as well, I'm not overly convinced. Yes. They won for nothing, but I, I feel as if, once they play against an actual cup contender or an actual team that is much more consistent than the Maple Leafs or the Jets, I think they're going to get smoked by the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, I, I can see I can see the Habs winning one or two games, but I think they're going to get smoked. I absolutely think that they're going to get smoked against the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I, what I will say is if you have Carey Price and pretty good defense, you're probably in every series. So I think they, they have maybe more of a chance. I like them more against Vegas than I would against the Avs just because the Avs were so talented offensively. I just don't know if they would. The, uh, the Avs, I mean, Vegas did the exact same thing against the Avs. Yeah, no, I just mean the high-end talent of 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 – the abs is higher. Also, Kadri would be back, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But well, Kadri's well, out unless he, unless he got suspended again. But uh, Kadri's uh, out. Well, I I well, know. Enter out. I I know. I was saying if they had played the abs, I I like oh, them more Sarcosmo. against Vegas. Yeah, I like them more against Vegas. 
the Habs than I would have against the Abs. It's hard to say Habs and Abs. Sorry, mm-hmm. listeners. Do, do you think the Vegas Golden Knights are kind of a more high-end version of the uh, Montreal Canadiens? That's not actually a bad comparison. I, th- I think, yeah, yeah. I think they're the top end's slightly better. I think Mark Stone is by far. I think the, the top end's pretty, pretty. Yeah, Pacioretty. Yeah. They're, they're more ready-made. It's You could argue it's almost if you had Caulfield and Suzuki and maybe even Cockniemi, if they were 26, 27, 28, rather than babies, as in 21 or 22-year-olds. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're a better team. Definitely the uh, the the Golden Knights, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, for this Habs team, they also lucked into it a little bit, I, I will say. Mm-hmm they didn't have to really play a, a number one center the whole both series Tavares on almost every other team is a number one center and he didn't play. And then obviously Shifley, they only had it for one game. So they got a bit lucky and they played great. So it, it's kind of, you make your own fortune. It wasn't on them that Tavares got hurt really. And, it, you know, obviously Evans, paid for it sadly but it seems like he he's on the ice now so good for him mm. but yeah so this this Habs team I think what if I'm a Habs fan assuming they don't win the cup this year which I think is pretty probable yeah I'd be worried to think well to especially with a GM like Bergevin that does a lot of win now moves as in kind of sign guys and not really develop as easily think you're closer to the cup than you really are. And that's why for, as a Jets fan, I'm kind of happy we lost so convincingly in the second round, if we were going to lose, because it shows how far away we are and what we really need to do is add to that back end. And then we can be a cup contender. I, I'm a bit worried. Let's say they lose in five or six against the, the, the gold Knights and prices out amazing. And they say, Oh, we're, Really one piece up. away from winning the cup and i i don't feel that you you have to be a dominant possession team with Corsi oh. to 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 win the cup in this this habs team isn't really overwhelming uh they they're better five on five but they're not kind of a juggernaut essentially pull a vancouver canucks last season exactly that's a perfect uh analogy <laughs> now I don't need to get into that, but switching over, I mean, not, well, not really switching over, but moving back towards Vegas, the Vegas camp against the abs. I mean, okay. Vegas won four games in a row. What went so poorly for the abs and what went so right for the, what went right for Vegas? I think, I think in the series, it was more just experience. I think, with guys, especially Flurry was much better than Grubauer. Um, I don't really understand why Grubauer was a Vesna finalist, just because the Vesna finalists were the top three player uh, goalies and wins, which seems a bit kind of absurd to me. Um, but that's a different, obviously, a conversation. Vegas, think about this core. They've been through a lot. And obviously, the same has been with the case with Colorado making the second round the past two years um, and, and losing, but Vegas, Mark Stone, Pacioretty, Flurry, this team made the cup finals three years ago. They just kind of obviously well, without, Petr- without two of those three players though. Yeah. But obviously Petrangelo won a cup 
very recently. Um, I think the problem sometimes if you're a really, really good team like the Avs, you don't really have adversity all year and then you jump into it. And when you backs against the wall, you haven't really as a group hit that wall and you don't know how to get out of it. And you see this sometimes in sports with teams. Think about the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2019, best record ever, and then get swept because they had no adversity. And then in the playoffs, they had some and they didn't know how to react, right? Mm. And think about this, the Vegas, they went to game seven with Minnesota. They survived it and they moved on and they went down 2-0 and they weren't kind of They didn't give up. Exactly. And... So obviously I would mention the Kadri suspension, I think is a huge blow. It's a, it's a loss. It's a loss. Yeah. That's a gr- really, really good player that you're missing, not even due to, to injury and you miss for the whole series. Right. So. Dumb that, hit though. Really. Dumb oh no, hit. I'm not saying it's. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But that, that's on him. That's on it him. is. But I just mean that team lost a big, big player for them. Uh, yeah. I guess you'd say with not a lot of playoff experience because he always gets suspended in the playoffs. <laughs> but uh, that is true. Yeah, that is true. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with Vegas going on in the playoffs. But good on them; they played really good. They really outplayed this Avs team for the most part. In, in they the they shut the down that McKinnon line exactly. And look at their decor: Pietrangelo, Theodore, just Martinez. Theodore. Exactly. Just really, really good defensemen. And obviously, yep. I would also like to add Vegas's average decor age, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was 29. Whereas for the Colorado Avalanche, they're 24, 25 was the average age. So a stark difference there. One one decor is very... Uh, young and they don't have a lot of playoff experience. I mean, your Samuel Girard, your Kale McCarr, and, and so on. And then one defense is much more in tune with what playoff hockey is, and they're much more experienced. And that okay. I think that also played a huge factor in preventing McKinnon from doing what McKinnon's capable of doing. Yeah, no. Also, Connor Timmins. They just yeah, they they played. Oh, yeah. a lot of young guys. So. Um, this was the first year that this team they could was have kept Bowen Byram. Sorry for interrupting. They could have kept Bowen Byram into the line, like in the lineup. Yeah, exactly. So you see this a lot with amazing teams. They have that year where you kind of expect them to win and then they don't. And then the next year they come back and win it when they're kind of a bit more of the underdog. I'd be really worried about the abs next year. If I'm, I mean, obviously assuming they have a pretty similar core intact, which I think they will. They have to re-sign Kale McCarr and a couple other pieces, so it will be tricky. Yeah, it will be tricky. So I think they do have some cap space, though. So uh, anyways, it'll be interesting to see, but good on Vegas. They they deserve to win that series, uh, especially in that game six. Outplayed them, played awesome, and, and good for them and good for that fan base that uh, has been pretty kind of cool and phenomenal in Vegas with just kind of the – the spotlight of it and uh, all the extra stuff, I guess. You know, I'm still, I'm still a little salty that Vegas happened to create such a dominant team so soon. I mean, I'm a Vancouver fan. I know what pain is. Uh, I know you're a Sens fan. You know what pain is. Um, You'd like to see teams taking their time 
before becoming dominant, but they just shot through. They went right to becoming dominant. I mean, losing a Stanley Cup final in your first season, your inaugural season, that is outstanding. I mean, and if they had won, if they had won that, I would have lost faith in hockey. I don't know what I would have done, but just would I still be? I mean, I would still be a Vancouver Canucks fan, but I don't know. Just to see a team go from zero to 95 in a blink of an eye and just seeing Jim Benning and the Canucks and then, you know, Melnick and the Sens and whatever the hell's going on in Buffalo, that tire fire. I mean, fans, you, you, you have to question, you know, what's going on. Yeah, there's some pretty bad organizations, uh, also some bad owners. I would say just on the Vegas thing, but the, I would say, I mean, I don't know any real Vegas fans uh, because there's a lot of people that support them for some reason. I don't ben, know. Bandwagoners. Yeah. Uh, what I would add to that is I would say 2019 was a pretty horrible loss the way they were up three goals in the third of game seven against the Sharks and then <laughs> the penalty and everything. So five I, minute major. Yeah. So I'd say that's a pretty horrible way to lose. So I, I don't know if they don't know what heartbreak is, but overall the success they've had making it to the conference finals three out of their first four years is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd love that if I was a Jets or Sens fan. So, and obviously making a cup final in the first year is just extraordinary. So yeah. uh, But good on them. And and they're a great team. And I mean, I'm really happy for stone because I mean, he was, he's just such a great player. Uh, So sad that he had to leave. But you got a lot of I good players for him, though. Good picks. Well, not really. We only got Brandstrom in a second. So uh, I thought, oh, I'm thinking of the San Jose trade. My apologies. Yes, that's the Carlson trade, which we did win pretty emphatically. So I'll, I'm happy about that. So you win. Some you only got Brandstrom in a second for Stone. Yep. Wow. George yeah. McPhee. Uh, Apparently, I saw something recently that said I think LeBron. One of the I think it was LeBron said that Stone only wanted to go to Vegas, and said he would only sign with Vegas. So it kind of hamstrung the sense apparently. So it, I, 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 it was also teams would be more willing to make that trade if they know that they can sign the player after their free agency. Yeah, and I think that was the crux of the issue. And Branstrom, honestly, he's still young in a project, but he had a good season this year. So I, I will. We can he'll become a top four defenseman. I think he will, uh, but who knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But he looked promising this year, especially when he started to be in the lineup as the whole team, sense team. But we'll, uh, we shouldn't stick on that the sense no. talk too much. But yeah, good. We'll not yeah. dwell on it. Tampa obviously beat the Canes, and I think. The real story, of course, I mean, Vasilevsky being dominant, Braden Point being out of the world. I think the real story, however, was a Dougie Hamilton comment. Yeah, okay, we lost to a team that had $18 million over the cap. That's okay. <laughs> we know what we have. It makes you think, you know, if we had that $18 million, what we could have done. I mean, the $18 million, that is I'm, – I'm at a loss of words. I, I love it. It's like adding a two extra solid top, you know, first line players. Yeah, it's a bit 
I think what you have to say is the adding Kucherov, who I have the stats. One second. Well, he didn't play a single game in the regular season. He's back for the playoffs. It's 18 and... points in, I think, 11. No. Yeah. 11 or 12 games for them. So yeah. that's pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, 18, I think, and 11. So, and he didn't play the whole game year, and he's he won the MVP in 2019. I think it was 2019. Um, so, for me, that's the kind of BS meter because why are they allowed to have add players like a, a David Savard and then be able to add literally a top, what, 15 player, maybe even top 10 player in the league? So, Kucherov? Yeah, yeah. I'd say he's probably a top five. Yeah, exactly. You can, I, I, it's, it's hard to, hard to, no, yeah. but he's definitely an elite, elite player, right? Probably the best in his position. Exactly. So I I love the comment. I think one of the things the NHL needs to do is sell the players and have more change. I just mean, if you want to grow the game, make it more of a, a game that people really care about. I think you need to grow the stars and they should have personalities and have trash talk and do that kind of stuff. Look what the NBA does. And I think it's great that Dougie Hamilton said that even the Shifley comments that I think were out of line. I like that he said it because it causes controversy. People are talking about it. So um, even if it doesn't mean he might be the most kind of put together right now. So yeah, great comment. And I think that's something probably in the next CBA, the NHL and NHLPA will probably try to close a little bit. They the have NHL. to fix that issue, though. Like that, you can explain. Problem that. is that the yeah. NHL does not want to go to a luxury tax like the NBA, where you could, which is basically what this is with the LTIR, which is essentially a luxury tax. Is if you can, if the guys hurt, it's a pseudo luxury tax. But they don't want they want a hard cap. They don't want people going over and stuff like that and paying players more and more dollars. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that in the next CBA. I doubt LTIR will be back. Um, there'll probably be a different mechanism, but I don't think we're going to go to luxury tax because why the heck would the NHL give that? So would it not make sense to maintain the cap in the playoffs? Like, okay, you want to add in Kucherov? Fine, you can add in Kucherov. But for that to happen, you have to take out Savard and you have to take out, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Palat, for example. I, I haven't thought about that, but that makes way more logical sense because you avoid the, this kind of chicanery and yeah. you can kind of avoid those comments. And also, I think it also really helps the richer teams that can afford to pay all these guys, like the Leafs, which did the exact same thing. There was a lot of teams that did that. I don't have the stats, but I think it was something around eight or nine teams were – four million dollars over ltir right so that's <laughs> a lot right and ra- rarely were they only used in the case of for example the jets brian little's injured he's not coming back i don't think he'll ever play again in the nhl it makes sense what, to what happened to him sorry for- he had a head injury i think a concussion or eye problem mm. uh, which is really unfortunate so but I'm I'm okay with that if the guy is never gonna play or is literally out indefinitely, right? But for example, the Leafs they made the Riley Nash trade. They didn't add him until the playoffs because of 
cap restraints, that kind of, and obviously the Kucherov we mentioned, that kind of stuff I think we should get out of the game. Uh, what you mentioned is keep a cap for the playoff games. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and I think, I hope they go to that because I think it's just a better way and more fair and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I don't think they'll go ahead with what I've mentioned, but I do think something needs to occur to make it more fair in a sense. No. All right. Isles and Boston. I mean, Bruce Cassidy had a lot of words for the uh, referees. He got a hefty 25,000 fine for saying those words. We're not going to repeat it on this cast, but I mean, Islanders beat Boston Bruins in four, well, four games to two, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Well, the, some of the games they won because Varlamov was outstanding. Uh, I, I don't know what happened there. I mean, Boston were the more dominant team. They showed that they were more dominant. They just couldn't beat Varlamov enough. Yeah, the, the thing is, Varlamov was outstanding. He had a 2.62 GA, or he has in the playoffs so far, and a 925 save percentage, which is uh, just phenomenal. And the thing is, the Islanders play really tough hockey, really defensive, very similar to the Montreal Canadiens where they don't really commit too much going forward and they're very opportunistic. Um, A lot of scoring by committee. Pajot leads the team in points. Palmieri has seven goals. Good deadline addition. Obviously, Matt Barzell is probably their most um, uh, talented, skilled player. player. so, yeah, and obviously when you get great goaltending and Tuka Rask got hurt, he had a torn labrum in his hip. He didn't play as well as he did in the in the Washington series where he was phenomenal. So, that, so they got a bit lucky, and obviously uh, there was a bit of controversy around the officiating and New York Saints, of course. Uh, I hope the listeners know that story. So, yeah. But good on the Islanders. They made the conference finals last year, did it again. I think you, after going into next year, assuming they don't win, but maybe they could uh, against Tampa Bay and even maybe win the Cup, I don't think they will. But you can't underestimate this team. I think you have to give Barry Trotz absolutely so much credit. This team, the teams they beat, the Penguins, obviously Jari was horrible. But still, that team was really good. This Boston team looked amazing in round one and still look pretty good in this series they outperformed them and they just found ways to win so good on them and we know that playoff Pajot is really a thing so uh <laughs> exactly so good on that team and uh hopefully they can make a better run of it against the uh against tampa bay in the next round and and overcome them if unlike it, last year is it unfair for me to say that i'm not overly enthusiastic to watch their defensive style of hockey against the Tampa Bay Lightning? No. Uh, I think that's completely fair. It's similar to how people talked about the Devils back in the early 2000s with the Trap. It's a kind of modern or this era's version of that kind of similar game style. So, Mm. yeah, not a fun team to to watch, sadly, unless you're an Islanders fan. It's like when you're when you're a bottom feeder team, and it's not really fun to watch unless you're a fan for that team. Exactly. Alrighty, Tampa Isles. I I'm gonna say Tampa goes on in Game Seven. 
what are your thoughts? I, I think so, too. With regards to the series, I think the Islanders are really good at making it that you really have to beat them, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to beat themselves. The problem is, is I think Tampa Bay is that perfect team that will beat you if you just can't really beat them, right? Vasilevsky been amazing in the playoffs so far, 2.24 goals against 934 save percentage, which is just ridiculous numbers. And I don't know if the Islanders are going to be able to score enough. They won't have a shaky goaltender to, to play against. And obviously they're going to be on their heels the whole game against the dynamic offensive players of Stamkos, Point, Kucherov. So I think it's probably similar to last year, Tampa Bay in six, five, maybe seven if they get a bit lucky. But I think I think the Islanders are the home team. I, I'm not. They are, I believe. Yeah, I think so that might, that might help them out. Maybe going to a, a game seven just. But because. a NASA Coliseum is a uh, really bouncing. It's bumping, like hopping, bumping. Yeah, exactly. And I just think of that more for obviously the fans, but also matchups. They can, they should have better matchups for obviously one extra game in the series. So that that'll help them a little bit. But yeah, I think. Tampa Bay's the team to to root for or to expect yeah, to win expect to go on. Now, speaking of the fans, I mean the fans are going to play a huge role in Vegas over Montreal. I, I think, of course, I, I don't think it's far fetched to say Vegas are the more dominant team. They should. Uh, maybe ninety five percent of the time, they should go on against this Montreal Canadiens team. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see how the you know series plays, uh, you know, how the series goes. But, I mean, I'm seeing Vegas in a commanding five games over the Montreal Canadiens. I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but I'll, I'll say six because I just – I've liked the way this Habs team ha- has been playing. Uh, I would say that Ducharme said today that it sound, sounds like it's unlikely that Petrie is playing in game one. That is not good. They he hasn't been phenomenal throughout the series or throughout the playoffs. But, yeah, and Romanov looked better, pretty good when he played, but that's still a big piece for them. So yeah, I I, I don't think it's going to be a close series, but they have Carey Price. So uh, I I don't want I don't know if it's going to be if they won in four, it wouldn't surprise me. If it went to Game Seven and the Habs somehow won, it wouldn't surprise me either. Really, I I could see it happening. That's that's okay. more how I see it. I don't think it's likely. Uh, it just I, price has been phenomenal. It's going to be hard to beat him a bunch of times. But yeah, I think if if you had to guess, it'll probably be a, a quick series for for gold for Vegas. But uh, I wouldn't count the the Habs out just because of price and they've been playing well. So maybe they can keep that going into the third round. Will it be an interesting duo, the battle between the great Carey Price and the great Mark Andre Fleury. Now that is it for this week's any well geeking on sports cast. Uh, we're gonna take it off. We're gonna be talking about the Euros, I think, for the next time. So do do uh, come in for that, and we'll we'll be uh, it'll be an interesting little conversation. It's coming yeah. home, baby. Yeah, to Germany, by the way. Um, <laughs> Already. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in this week. And till the next time, take care.